0: Every
1: day. All right, let's continue the Q&A. Uh, Malachi, Matt McClain is better than Vossler. Uh, you know, uh, over the course of 162, I might be better than Vossler. But I Vossler, Vosslers, look, Jason Vossler and, and taught me the most valuable lesson of the season, not to tweet in the middle of it bats. <laughs> Jason Vossler is exactly what the Reds really needed him to be. And that was the guy filling in until, A, Joey Votto comes back or B, somebody else comes up here and takes over the show. I, I keep seeing everybody asking about CES, Jeff. Uh, where are you? I, you know, Shout we didn't out, talk yeah. about this. It, let's let's talk about CES for just a minute because uh, CES, he might get back up here to Cincinnati
0: this year. Shout out to uh, Scott Campbell. He actually tweeted at you and me both uh, the other day on Twitter and said, hot take, I think CES gets called up before Joey Votto comes back. And that is a hot take because I'm, I know that, you know, he's, uh, I think he's close to returning to AAA. I know Ellie De La Cruz returned the other day. Um, so CES is close to returning, hopefully, uh, for the bats. I think we probably would see him at least a month or two in AAA, but if he continues to hit the way that he hit in spring training, we could see him up here in like, you know, maybe like end of June, early July. Now I don't necessarily know if it's going to take Joey that long to come back. That would be a bit disheartening for me because I think if it takes him that long to come back, then we're talking about Joey might retire at the end of this season because that feels like just almost too long for me. But I do agree. I think that the power that he showed could really play up in this lineup that as we have talked about a couple of different times on this episode, they're just not showing a lot of power.
1: So here's where I'm at. I don't think there's any realistic expectation to see CES before the All Star break. Not any reasonable expectation for that. After the All Star, you know, I still feel like it's probably a cup of coffee situation. I feel like September, uh, get him a taste if he's performed well in the minor leagues. As far as Joey, and we didn't talk about Joey either. And we can talk about Joey for a second because, uh, as you know, we talked about this, the, his whole return from the that in rehab assignment, uh, it was all a procedural move. He had to be back in Cincinnati for five days before he could go on another rehab assignment. That It can last 20 days. He can go back to Louisville for 20 days. So my expectation is that 20 days from his return to Louisville he's going to be on the Reds' active roster. They're going to give him one more rehab stint. And if he comes along quicker, he could be quicker than that. But I think 20 days. I don't see that. What I'm saying is I don't see them doing this again. I don't see them returning him from the rehab to send him on a third rehab assignment. I don't see that
0: happening. I I think if it were going to take longer than another rehab assignment, they just would have put him on the 60-day IL, and Mm -hmm. they didn't
1: do that. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Uh this is interesting. Uh Corey asks, should Tyler Stevenson move to second in the batting order instead of cleanup since the power hasn't happened yet? Uh, I don't think so. One, I like the top three construction right now in India Friedel and Steer, but Stevenson, while he hasn't really shown us the home run power yet, he has shown us the gap double power and the ability to put the ball to the wall. Um, so and that's still, still going to well drive That's still going to score. Yeah. It's still going to score India. That's still going to score Friedel. That's still going to score steer. If he's on base, um, they're fast. Uh, I'm okay. I, I listen, let's not tinker with one through four, maybe even one through five. we'll, my, I think will Myers is just, this far away from breaking out the weather is going to get about five degrees warmer in the next two weeks. And the ball's going to start jumping a little bit. And will Myers career is going to be resurrected at great American ballpark. That's what I think is going to happen. So one through five, I think we're pretty set the rest of that lineup mess with it, screw around with it, yeah. move people around. I don't care, yeah, but
0: I know, no, I don't move Tyler Stevenson. Yeah. Those bottom four guys, w- whatever order you want to put them in. No, I I like, and, and I'm I'm all in, and, and it's a little bit circumstantial, so I know that it's not like concrete set in stone, but I'm all in on the India Friedel one-two punch, Red Leader, Captain Chaos, Let's Go, Print the T-shirts. But I love Spencer Steer batting third last night. That I think that was his first time. I, I might be incorrect in saying that, but I think he should stay there. For the foreseeable future i think the reds have tried out jake fraley and jake fraley started off the season hot and maybe he gets a look every now and then in that third spot but i kind of like jake fraley maybe like fifth or sixth and will myers fifth or sixth mm-hmm. and uh, right behind tyler stevenson because i think both of those guys could be good lineup protection for him but i think that spencer steer in that third spot you're looking at your top three hitters currently but I don't necessarily know that that's going to change very much. I think Tyler Stevenson will creep back into that top three by the end of the season, but your top four hitters, um, statistically at the end of the year could be in some order, India, Friedel steer and Stevenson. Why not make those guys your top three or your top four hitters? And I, I don't think we should be messing too much with who goes one, two.
1: All right, Let's move in this. So Jim M is in the comments over here. And this is interesting. This is looks like this looks to me like this is a quote. All right, we'll do this. Jim we'll put this up. This looks like a quote from an article. I'm Jim, I'm going to take your words. This is an accurate quote from an article that you read that says the Reds took a risk on a guy who's yet to fully prove himself. They'll give him at least an extra season through 2028 when the it's Reds like project, they'll contend again. Hunter Green, right. Jim follows it with this question. Uh, Is he saying 2028 is when they plan to contend again? I will be totally ticked off if we fans have to wait five more freaking years to contend again. I don't think anybody's saying that 2028 is the magic number. I think no. everyone is saying that 2024, 2025 is the window to win the division. It's I, when it's I, gonna I, open, yeah, yeah. That's where where we begin to be serious about winning the National League Central,
0: right? And and then. When you look at how the contract and actually I still have the graphic up here, so I'm going to throw it up here. Uh, When you look at how this contract is broken down, he starts to become quote unquote expensive for the Reds in 2027. They designed this because they see the window beginning to open up in 2024. They designed this so that he is still cheap for the first three years of the window as it were. And this is not a window that's going to open up for two years and then close itself all over again, because that is what Nick crawl has said. That's where the, the peaks and valleys quote that everybody just wanted to just absolutely go off on whenever he said it last year, that's where that comes from. So I think they see the window of contention opening in twenty twenty-four and they want to be able to supplement the roster accordingly for those first three years. And then maybe during that time they see success, they kind of see their budget creep up a little bit because of playoff TV deals and things like that and ticket sales going up, you know, following wins or more wins than losses. And I think overall that's where this contract goes. The the article or the quote or whoever said 2028 20, and, and it's seeming like that's when the contending window is going to open if that's the case nick crawl is doing a terrible job and i don't think that's where they're setting this up for
1: no uh, you know look thinking about what you just said and looking at that graphic and how that contract is structured uh for me 2024 look jeff is going to tell you that 2024 is a compete for a division championship because he's just wired that way i'm gonna tell you that 2024 is a wild card window yeah, uh, that's the first year they're gonna be decent enough to probably be in a wild card spot conversation then when you get to 2025 it's time to start talking about winning the national league central 2025 2026 2027 uh several years of you know playoff caliber baseball are in our future no 2028 is not when this is getting started 2028 is when we're going to be right in the middle of all the fun as far as i'm concerned
0: 2028 we're talking about noel v Marte, edwin arroyo should they not be traded before then being in the big leagues? so that if we're saying that we're waiting on edwin arroyo to get to the big leagues to contend then you're talking about the end of the line, or not the end of the line, but almost the end of the line for Hunter Green's contract. Who knows who else will be extended at that time, if anyone else, which I think there will be. But, I mean, you're talking about the end of the contracts of possibly Tyler Stevenson, of possibly Jonathan India, possibly Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. That would be a very ridiculous period to be aiming for contention because then you're talking about guys that would be key to that contention either not here or in contract years. OJ's
1: 1994. I love this. I love you guys in your handles in the YouTube comments, by the way, he says, if the Reds win 70, he'll be happy. It's eight game improvement from last year. You know who else will be happy. If the Reds win 70 games, look right here, this guy right here who took the over at 65 and a half games right here. You know who won't be happy that guy over there or over there. I don't know where he is on your screen. He's (laughs) over there on my screen, but, that guy won't be happy because he's buying everybody uh, a certain steak dinner at a certain not steak restaurant. Not everybody. It's one person.
0: I'm not buying everybody. <laughs> um, but no, I I mean I won't be that I won't be that unhappy if they win 70 games. I, I think that 70 to 75, 70 to 75 means we see a contract extension for David Bell, and we're seeing I, that's the step forward that we're all hoping that they take. And I think it's it's silly. For anybody that is like mad at their performances right now, they just played a bunch of playoff teams. They're playing the Pirates right now, who, yes, that's a team they should beat, but they lost the first game of the series. There's three more left in this series. They've got the A's coming up at the end of this uh month who are currently on pace to be like what the Reds were last year and talking about three and twenty-two. I think they're currently three and fifteen right now. Like they're terrible. So they should be able to take advantage of them. They should be able to take advantage of a couple of, the, I think the Rockies are on the slate next month. So we're looking at some winnable series and then how do they compete in between then this team can be in those series. So they are taking the step forward that we have all expected. It's just not going to be the step forward, the 90 wins like some folks had delusionally accepted at opening day.
1: Jeffrey Amlung checks in and says the Reds need another solid major league slugger. Somebody that hits 275 with 20 plus homers consistently. Myers is cold. Now, I, okay. Everybody needs that guy that you just described, Jeffrey. Everybody always needs that guy. Not you, Jeffrey, the other Jeffrey.
0: Oh, it just started raining here, and it threw me off. I'm like, what
1: is Okay. I thought <laughs> you looked lost for a second. I was like, whoa. Um, I, thought, no, I thought, no, I'm not talking about you, Jeffrey. I'm talking about Jeffrey Amlung on the screen. Um, everybody needs this hitter, uh, and everybody needs this hitter, this hitter consistently. Myers is cold, but this is, look, this is what I expected from Myers. I didn't expect him to be uh, valuable until the weather heated up. I really truly believe that once it gets warm, he's perfectly built for Great American Ballpark. I think he is yeah. going to be, he may not hit, listen, he may not hit 275. But Nobody really hits 250, uh, 250 260 yeah. and 20 plus home runs. I think he can do that. If he's here all year, I think he can hit 20 plus home runs oh, yeah. playing through uh, the dog days at Great American Ballpark.
0: And, and Brandon Drury really spoiled us last year. Like, Guys mm-hmm. don't just hit 20 home runs in the first half. of the Like what Brandon Drury did was not only surprising because he came here out of nowhere, but it's surprising because a lot of guys don't typically like you're, you're in really rare air when you can hit 20 home runs in the first half of the season. And that's where Brandon Drury was. So I, I look at this and I think that, yeah, we could get a slugger out of Will Myers. We get a slugger out of Spencer steer. We get a slugger, out of a couple of guys who could be called up like Ellie De La Cruz or something like that. Like Ellie De La Cruz has power and I know he doesn't look like a slugger because he's not, you know, beefy, but dude can hit the ball a country mile. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Maybe will Benson figures it out and comes back. I did see somebody in the comments section, sarcastically asking if there's still room on the hype train for will Benson. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, there's still guys that are talented. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. wait. The Will Benson hype train went from being a locomotive to you by yourself on one of those pump cars
0: I, yeah, that pump, just drives yeah, the
1: yeah. <laughs> drives the thing down the track. Still trying that, to push that thing. That's down the, the thing, Will so. Benson hype train right now.
0: Continue your thought. No, 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 I'm with you. It's the Will Benson uh, handcart right now. Uh, <laughs> but it, there's still room to add a couple of uh couple of cars on the end of that. But no, I I think that this team will get its slugger within the organization this season. I don't necessarily know that they're going to go out and acquire one through a trade or something like that. Now, next season, we might see some movement where it comes to filling holes and things like that. But I still think the Reds have the the possibility of doing that. Jim says that the Reds need to end the three-catcher
1: experiment. And I say, absolutely not. Look, I know that Luke Maley is not...
0: Negative one OPS plus. JT, like that. I
1: I know he's not JT Romuto. I get it, but the extra games of Tyler Stevenson are better than whatever the Reds are going to replace Luke Maley with. Let's just 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 sit on it for a second, guys. Listen, the extra games that you get of Tyler Stevenson versus whoever else the Reds would be able to finagle into this lineup by getting rid of Luke Maley. Is not going to be as good as those extra games of Tyler Stevenson. There's just there's no way. It's just not gonna be.
0: I look at this and 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 people will look at the individual performances of Kirk Casally and Luke Maley and say, why are we letting these guys play? It's because of Tyler Stevenson. Like Mm -hmm. those guys can hit ninth in the lineup, they can hit eighth in the lineup, play good defense and allow Tyler Stevenson to play at first base or DH this season. This is a, this is a, this year problem. We talked mm-hmm. about this before, and I've talked about this with Mo Egger and I've talked about this with Lance McAllister. This is what they're doing this year because they look at this season. They say, we're not contending for a playoff spot. We want to keep our, one of our main guys healthy next year they will kind of scale that back. They, they won't say, all right, we're going to carry three catchers and, and keep Tyler Stevenson healthy while we're also trying to contend for a playoff spot or something like that. That's not going to be the plan next year. This is a plan this year to make sure that he can see good health and not see all the bad luck that he was running into last year. So I, I don't I don't see a problem with this at all. This is going to be an all-year thing so long as the three guys are healthy. Um, And I think that it's a 2023 plan that gets reworked in 2024. You know, it's
1: still within the realm of possibility that beginning next season, the Reds will only carry two catchers and neither of them will be Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, It's still within the realm of possibility that Tyler Stevenson will be the first baseman on this team Mm -hmm. or just be the designated hitter. So I like them getting him the extra at bats this year. I like them getting him time at first base to be more comfortable in that position to give them options in the off season. Yep. Um, And again, the comparison is not Maley versus Casale versus Stevenson. The comparison is Casale and Maley versus whoever the last guy on the bench would be replacing either of those dudes. And Tyler Stevenson wins every time. Yeah, easily. Let's, uh, I want to circle back to something that we were asked earlier about Jonathan India and his agent being a problem. And you mentioned Scott Boris. Now, did you say that Scott Boris is or is not Jonathan India's?
0: He is not. He his agent. He group is, is in fact as the group, He I
1: think. is in fact signed with Scott Boris. I just looked oh. this up based on Pemberton's comment here. Dave Pemberton says, "Do you guys think Scott Boris being India's agent is going to make him difficult to extend?" So this is the same question now with me verifying the Scott Boris information, oh. Jeff, uh, and that kind of changes my opinion. Um, will Scott Boris play ball with? one of these creative extensions. Here's what I know. Scott Boris, while being an absolute terror to deal with all the way around, does have a good relationship with Nick Crawl. does have a good relationship with the Reds front office, going all the way back to when Dick Williams was in there. Uh, The Reds were able to sign Boris clients multiple times. Right. So does it make it a little more difficult, Dave? Probably does it make it impossible probably not I think I think that's as strong as a stand as I'm willing to take on that Jeff but I think it's still doable
0: I, I think especially this year like if we're talking about he's got a whole year under his belt maybe he makes the all-star game this year maybe he you know plays to a 300 batting average all season long might be a little bit tougher next year but here's the one thing I know about Scott Boris he really stretches for his players and he tries to get his players the best deal because when his players get the best deal, he gets the best deal, but that doesn't mean he's unreasonable. And, And I don't think that Jonathan India is in the group of players who right now could command whatever salary they want. I think he's like, you know, maybe a year or two away from that, maybe two years away from that. So I think that now is the time to do what they did with Hunter green. I think that they could get it done. It might not be, as economical as what they got with hunter green simply because hunter green still has a few skeletons in his attic right now, when they're looking at performance wise and things like that, not okay. I said that really weird still has some blemishes (laughs) on my reaction. (laughs) Yeah. Still has some blemishes on his record right now, as you know, he's not pristine when it comes to, he gets $20 million a year and Jonathan Indy is not quite there just yet, but he's probably a little bit ahead of where hunter green is. But overall, I don't think Scott Boris makes it impossible. I I I looked on uh what was it uh, Baseball Reference and they had the Meister group as his agent. That's why I said I didn't know it was Scott Boris. So, well, you were close. Yeah.
1: Close. <laughs> pat mcgooch says hi everybody happy friday seems like a good day to call up matt mcclain we talked about that but i put that up there to put this up there pat continues on to say and maybe even andrew abbott uh, i wanted to talk about this for a second uh, because i really didn't get a chance to speak on the whole levi stout thing uh, i was out that day when you did the crossover but here's this uh Andrew Abbott should not be brought to Cincinnati and should not have his clock started before Levi Stout has at least three or four more starts at the big leagues. Uh, he didn't get a fair chance. He got called up to play one of the hottest teams and one of the, the the best lineups in baseball right now. On
0: short notice, and
1: too, yeah. And you have to remember like that everybody's not great right out of the gate. Uh, I remind you all of Nick Lodolo's first start at Great American Ballpark to begin his Reds career. It was not great. Um, it wasn't quite as bad as Levi Stout's start was, but it was still not great. Levi Stout needs to be given more opportunity.
0: We talk about we talk about the way that, uh, that the Reds handle certain players and handle their opportunities and their appearances and things like this as kind of being telling to how they view that player themselves. Do you think, does this change the way that we view Levi Stout because of the way that they called him up, because there's been multiple times and whether it's Jeff Brantley, whether it's Chris Wells, whether it's Nick crawl himself saying this, that they want to be fair to the prospect that they want to make sure that they're ready. They called him up last minute. Does calling hmm. him up last minute a la Todd Redman make you think, do they not see him as a rotation piece for the future?
1: no i see it a little bit different i think that they see him as the the sixth starter in this rotation right now i think all things being equal um i'm actually glad because if they were doing what you said it would have been chase anderson because they could have just cut him and they don't care um i really think they see levi stout as the sixth man right now Uh, i think they see that he is outperforming brandon williamson right now Uh, i think that they see that andrew abbott's not ready right now so their hands were kind of forced with Hunter green, taking that liner and needing to create an extra day Mm. for Hunter to have some recovery time. Uh, So all of those things being said, no, I I think they brought him up. He's the next man up. They needed the next man up right then. So that's why he was called up and started right then and then sent right back down. Um, I, he's going to be back, but specifically about Andrew Abbott stout needs to be back and given an opportunity before we start another rookie's clock in the rotation.
0: Well, about Abbott as well, Abbott's on the same track. He He's in double A. So if he were to be called up, it would be the Luis Castillo track. And there's a huge difference in Andrew Abbott and Luis Castillo. And that's stuff. Now, Andrew Abbott has nice command and we like that, but yeah, we want to be patient um, when it comes to Andrew Abbott, because I think he still needs time at triple A. He does not have the electric fastball and the amazing, change up or, you know, you don't have to have those specific pitches, but he doesn't have the electric fastball and the amazing out pitch that Luis Castillo already had at this point in his career when he was in double a. And that's why the reds called him up. I think what he's showing is amazing and he probably needs to be called up to triple a sooner than later and get that clock ticking and get him some experience under his belt there. But I don't think that the, the success that he's seen in Chattanooga right now means that we need to call him up tomorrow.
1: Oh, Jeff, you said the C word Castillo. Oh my gosh. LG asks, is it too early to revisit the Luis Castillo deal to Seattle? Noel V. Marte is struggling in Chattanooga. Andrew Moore's on the 60 day IL and Levi stout meet the Tampa Bay race. is entirely
0: too early to
1: way too early. Way too Not even remotely close to being time to talking about this. Listen, we knew when we traded Luis Castillo, we were trading away an all-star. We knew we were trading away a stud, and we got a haul. And how that haul plays out, we're not going to know for years. But no, we're not going anywhere near to evaluating this trade right now.
0: Jeff. And that's why. And, and 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 if you were frustrated by the Luis Castillo trade, I can understand that because these kind of trades do take a lot of time to know if it was good for the Reds or not. And you, you're you talking about all these guys need to be called up. We need to see how they play. Edwin Arroyo is not going to be up for a few years. And like it's things like that that I'm like, the Reds got pieces for their future. How do they play out? I did see today, I forget who posted. I think it was MLB.com, tweeted out pitcher power rankings and had Luis Castillo third in all of Major League Baseball. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a little bit hard to stomach there. But all in all, they weren't going to re-sign him and so they needed to turn him into amazing uh, prospects and amazing future capital, and that's exactly what Nick Crawl did. So currently, the trade is good. It's going to take years for us to verify that.
1: OJ's 94 Bronco. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't really got into this, Jeff, and, and I've ignored it on purpose, but let's do it. Uh, if you want to save the bullpen, get a new manager. He goes to the bullpen in the fifth inning every game. All right, let's talk about this. Number one, who are you going to go? Not who are you going to go get? Who are the Reds realistically going to go get to replace David Bell? Two, what is it that you expect them to do that David Bell isn't doing right now? Now, in OJ's case, he's saying going to the bullpen in the fifth inning. Go back and look at every game that you're questioning when David Bell goes to the bullpen. Throw out whatever number of inning that is. Scroll down to the bottom of the box score and look at the pitch totals. It is not about innings pitched anymore. Pitchers are throwing the same amount of pitches in a game that they've always thrown. Starting pitchers are throwing 100 pitches. Major League hitters are more selective. There's a lot more breaking, nasty, all over the place breaking balls. Pitchers are throwing more pitches per at-bat. Starters are still throwing a hundred pitches in almost every instance. Maybe not always, but almost every instance. It's not, I, I want to get rid of Jeff. How many times have I said this? I want to get rid of this whole innings pitched statistic. It doesn't tell us anything anymore. It is not, it is not a qualifier for a good start versus a bad start. It's, it, it maybe you can use it if you're having a conversation about an efficient start versus a non-efficient start, but but a guy that can get you seven innings, eight innings, to start, that guy doesn't exist anymore. There's a few carryovers. There's a few dudes still around, Scherzer, that might get you that on occasion. But that's not the way baseball is played anymore. Major League starting pitchers get you five. If you're lucky, they get you six. On an exceptional day, on a day that is far outlier of their normal performance, they might get you seven. That's where about, we
0: are in baseball. And it's about data which I know a lot of people hate that word when it comes to baseball, but there is just mountains of data, especially when it comes to young pitchers about what happens to their future careers. If you let them constantly throw 110, 120 pitches, that's why they try to keep them as close to 100 as possible, because if they're letting them go over to try and extend them for one more inning or try and extend them for one more at bat or something like that, and they end up throwing 120 pitches on the regular, they're going to get hurt. It is like a one plus one equals two equation in this information that we have about young pitchers. So we're seeing a lot more kid gloves handling guys like Hunter green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, things like that. And Graham Ashcraft is such a different pitcher from the other two because he does not pitch to a strikeout Lodolo and green, are very good at knowing how to locate their stuff in areas where hitters will whiff. And if hitters are being super selective, a la the Tampa Bay Rays, then they are going to struggle and they are going to have much more, uh, a lot more pitches per at-bat than they would really like to see. So I I look at this and I say, this is something that another reason why I want to see if the Reds can get Madison Bumgarner because he is a guy that can throw 120 pitches every start out and you're not worried about his future because his future is not very many more years left to go. And he is not going to be on this team when they're good again. So why, why worry about that? You're worried about the young guys and that's why you're seeing them get pulled and that's why you're seeing more bullpen games for the Cincinnati Reds, because this isn't a situation where David Bell is the reason for this. This is an organizational philosophy that comes down from Nick Kroll that goes through Derek Johnson and goes through David Bell. So if they get rid of David Bell, they're going to get another manager that jives with this organizational philosophy. It's not his fault. It's the, it's the entire team's philosophy for it. And it's not going to change anytime soon because this is a league wide. This is something that Mm -hmm. the entire league understands.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's why Barry Larkin's not the manager of this team because he does not fully embrace managing that way. Um, I think if he did, he'd already be, have been the manager of this team. So um, I I think you're right, Jeff. Listen, uh, We've crossed the one hour mark. Let's do just a few more and we'll get out of here. But uh Poofy checks in. We haven't talked to our buddy Poofy in a while, and I love this. This is in response to the Ultimate Baseball GM. He says his girlfriend plays fantasy baseball. She picks the players who she thinks is hot and has fantasies about them. And I think that's funny because Honestly, he's probably worked I've heard, just as much as
0: what we I know.
1: <laughs> I know people that have done pick'em leagues in football and and picked just Based whichever uniform, yeah. which, whatever uniform they like better, and they've yeah. won. I know people that I, I don't want to just say in women, but I know a woman that has had a similar strategy to Poofy describing here and uh, won. So yeah, it happens, Poofy, and glad to see you back, my friend. Uh, you're always entertaining in the comments section. Uh, Jeff, let me grab a few more here. Usually, a good and-
0: philosophy when you're filling out an NCAA tournament bracket too is just pick your favorite color. <laughs> it's, it's right like if you plan if you if you claim to know anything about anything usually you're not very good at fantasy or uh the tournament um well i'm
1: well i'm looking for the last two jeff um we we glazed over ellie de la cruz earlier and you know he's back and and baseballing now mm. what do you think this does for his timeline you know when he, when he, spring started and he was healthy i thought Memorial day. I thought Mm -hmm. the end of may that feels probably a little ambitious now Uh, Mm -hmm. is, is, is before the all-star
0: game, a reasonable, I wonder idea or after it's something that uh, I've talked with friend of the podcast crazy about off air, like different um, messages and things like that. I wonder now when we'll see him because there's an element of benefit for the reds, if they called him up early, early, and we're talking first two weeks of the season, which has already passed, uh, if they call him up early and he finishes well in the rookie of the year race, which I mean, you know, don't want to get too ahead of myself, but they got a chance of that with Spencer steer. Cause Spencer steer could be the kind of guy that gets them some stuff there. Um, but I wonder if he's not going to be almost a late season call up at this point. He's super young. We're, we're talking about dudes like 21 years old. So by the time he gets up here at the end of the season, it's not going to be that detrimental to him as a player. And I think that they are more focused on him as a player, especially when you got a guy like Matt McClain, who could come up and be a good shortstop for this team, at least this year. And then you figure out what you're going to do with LA de la Cruz after all of that gets figured out. So I almost wonder if the injury didn't push him back to a late season call up, maybe August, maybe even September. Yeah, that's unfortunate,
1: but that's probably you yeah. know you're probably right. Uh, that's a bummer. I was really <laughs> looking forward to yeah, him. I was to looking him. for some su- Memorial Day Sum- I, I You know? know, listen, listen, Jeff. Uh, OJ's ninety four Bronco has has pushed my buttons. We're going back to this. <laughs> he says, "So why is it in the seventies and eighties pitchers threw one hundred and thirty pitches in thirty five games and nobody got hurt?" OJ, I think you're just messing with me. I think you know the answer to these things, but fine because everybody wasn't throwing 100 miles an hour with maximum effort. Everybody wasn't throwing with maximum rotation with breaking balls that were dropping from you know six feet in the air to bouncing off of the plate to diving into everybody's back foot. Pitchers are pitching differently. You know it. I know it. We all know it. You cannot compare the way guys pitch. Just look at the number. Just the sheer number of pitchers that throw the ball 100 miles an hour now versus the number of guys that threw the ball 100 miles an hour in 19 Seventy-three. it is dramatically different that's why guys get hurt more and you know nobody's pitching like tom browning anymore we gotta stop this and, Jeff, I, and I help think me help. this is
0: going to draw the ire of some people but um the talent is better it just happens it happens in every ah. sport ask any player ask any former player former coach former whatever the talent now in the game is better than the talent was back then across the board. I'm not saying like specifically the reds or anything cuz obviously the first first person is going to comment big red machines obviously better than this team. But the talent across no, the board No, they're not. There's so <laughs> much not. there's but and, and look at it this way, like back then there were defensive defense first shortstops, defense first uh center fielders, defense first catchers. If you have those players on your team now, your team's not that good. Because there's, no I mean, such thing as there's a great
1: there's a great conversation to be had now that if Davy Concepcion was a prospect today, would he would anybody take him? Would he play? Would he mm-hmm. make the major leagues? Right. I
0: don't think so. Not a slugger because um, everybody. And that's the other thing. Everybody's got power, which is, you know, you, you go back to the Reds lineup right now and you look at that and you say, where's the power at? We need the power. Because everyone has power. Everyone hits home runs. Every position has a guy who can do that. Like O'Neill Cruz, Ellie De La Cruz being like these tall, ridiculously athletic can hit the ball a country mile and they play shortstop. And people are like weirded out by that. Get ready. It's coming at every position. Every position is going to have somebody that can hit 40 bombs in like 10 years. That's just where the game has gone. There's so much speciality in training up like high school players and, and travel ball players and things like that, that people just invest so much time and so much money into that. By the time they make it to the major leagues, we're talking about the the top 1% of people who play baseball. Now it's not a, you know, it, there's not going to be a whole lot of boy. This guy had no talent whatsoever, but he just worked his butt off and he made it to the major leagues. This doesn't happen anymore. You know, uh, and oj just to be fair um jeff
1: will tell you that i've been waiting to have this meltdown for weeks now so <laughs> it's this yeah. is this is not solely directed at you not, he talks to me back off the ledge every day before we not bring the correct I beverage did, for
0: this you, you yeah i know
1: on i'm <laughs> sorry i'm sorry it, but it's oj's fault look folks this has been a blast we're at the hour uh, our eight minute mark it's probably time to go ahead and wrap it up for the day. Uh, Make sure you have clicked both the subscribe and the notification bell down here on the bottom of the YouTube uh, page so that you not only are subscribed to the show, but you get notified when we go live. We've been trying to do this sporadically. Uh, The Aloha Friday lives where we go every Friday Uh, will be coming back in the off season. So you're going to want to be notified when those are happening as well. Uh, We got lots coming for you. Uh, These Reds are, for the most part, a lot more entertaining than they were last year and we're going to continue to tell you all about it and with that Jeff that's probably where we should go ahead and
0: wrap it up that's going to be how we wrap this up Steve thanks everybody for joining in make sure you go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball they'll give you the advice you need to help win your league because you need advice to help win fantasy baseball that's Locked On Fantasy Baseball it's just like Locked On Reds it's free and available on all platforms because we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team Every day, And make sure, dayers, you join us on Monday as we hopefully get to talk a little bit of trash with Ethan Smith in a crossover with Locked On Pirates. But that's going to do it for us as we head into the weekend. The Reds are in Pittsburgh. Hopefully they'll win, you know, three games in a row here, Steve. But what can people expect from you and me?
1: Well, they can expect me to continue to rant about pitching, apparently, but they can expect us to monitor the rumors, to follow the transactions, to be dialed in on what this team is doing, to gather all of that information and bring it back right here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. Better in the 70s. Good grief.
0: a hey, Prime members.